0: Welcome to The Dirt Show, brought to you by Napa Auto Parts, and today we're going to be joined by Hall of Fame sprint car driver Leland McSpadden. We'll also hear from Steve Cole from Cole's Electric and also John Clark from Rhino Ag right after a few words from our sponsors.
1: Get more muscle for your money with Dixie Chopper
2: lawn mowers. We've been handcrafting the toughest and fastest zero-turn mowers for over 40 years. Dixie Chopper offers a full line of residential, commercial, and industrial mowers
1: to meet every customer's needs. Visit your local Dixie Chopper dealer today or visit online at
2: DixieChopper.com. Hey, Dirt Show listeners. For over 20 years, Hot Rod Hardware in west concord minnesota has provided everything to modernize and improve your hot rods performance hot rod hardware is your specialty aftermarket auto parts go-to solution from radiators and brakes to suspension handling and power from the drag strip to the street dirt track to cruise nights hot rod hardware is your family-owned solution check us out at hotrodhardware.com or just call the guys at 507-527-1020 or as they say no robots just real people. Ball
1: is back, which means weekends full of touchdowns, tailgates and of course, football. Don't let an issue with your car or truck interfere with any game day plans. At Napa, we have the quality parts and the expert knowledge you need to help your vehicle be as game day ready as you are. This month at Napa you can get a booster pack 12 volt jump starter on sale for just $150. So stop by a local participating Napa Auto Parts store today and be ready for kickoff all season long. Napa, a proud sponsor of the Dirt Show and the Littner Farm Network.
3: Packaging the impossible, inside the possible, through service, quality, and expertise. Hi, this is Holly, the new General Manager at Foam Craft Packaging. We are your foam and wood packaging experts in Minnesota. If you are a business owner or in charge of your packaging, we want to talk to you. We specialize in designing and manufacturing wood crates, pallets, and foam inserts, and are here to help keep your products protected in transit. We are here to help you. Visit us at foamcraftpackaging.com.
4: good food get your heart racing how about food that's prepared to perfection with your favorite sauces and seasonings friends it's me the sauce man and i'm here to tell you that if you love full throttle flavor you're going to love our line of premium barbecue sauces and seasonings made with high quality ingredients you can trust our products to punch up the flavor of your favorite meats main dishes and so much more get winning recipes and join our sauce squad at cookiesbbq.com and remember Smart cookies, use cookies.
2: If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a power lift architectural door on your home or cabin. Power lift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing. 3-7-4-9-3-0-6. Let me
4: tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miner's Outdoor.
1: Miner's Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs, from chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miner's Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie.
4: Miner's Outdoor...
3: Major Tough. Hi, this is Dave Elizabeth from Heartmaking Republicans and Chemicals, your VP Freeze Guest Distributors. You are listening to the Driver Segment on the Dirt Show.
0: Welcome back to the Driver Segment here on the Dirt Show. And it is my pleasure today to be joined by Hall of Fame sprint car driver Leland McSpadden. And Leland, I grew up watching the ABC television. Wide World of Sports with Chris Okonomacki, and you grew up listening to the Indy 500 broadcast on the radio, and it had a major influence on your life.
4: Yeah, Indy was always the place I kind of wanted to go or be, thought I wanted to race that, but, you know, I think all the people in my era and that age, I think, were uh, wanting to go to Indy. That was the thing to do. And then later in my racing career, you know, then everybody started migrating toward NASCAR.
0: As a kid, you were very athletic and participated in a sport that takes tremendous upper body strength and also precision timing, pole vaulting.
4: Yeah. In high school, I thought I could be a pole vaulter and endeavored into that a little bit and was okay at it. Wasn't excellent at it, but I was pretty good at it for a short guy. Back then, the poles didn't bend like they do now, and we weren't going near as high as they are now.
0: Growing up with Billy and Ronnie Schumann, how did you first get to know those two boys?
4: Uh, Well, I went to school. I was a year ahead of Billy Schumann. And Billy's mom worked for the doctor in Tempe that almost all the kids in Tempe went to. So I pretty much knew their whole family pretty young in life.
0: You participated in a pastime that I thought was one of the craziest things I had ever heard of called barn racing. Explain barn racing to the listeners because that sounds ultra-dangerous.
4: Well, in Minnesota, you guys don't understand that because you have a lot of pole barns. And we used to go to the pole barns here in... Phoenix, you know, the general Phoenix area, I mean, is more toward Tempe, but, you know, we did race out on the west side of Phoenix a couple times too, but we all had 125 Hondas, and we had a whole group of people. There was probably 10 or 15 of us on any given night, and we would line up cars and turn the uh, lights on and race each other inside, put up a couple tires or cones in the inside and race in, in them pole barns.
0: Did you ever have the misfortune of clipping a pole?
4: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) That was without a doubt, because if somebody got inside you, they were probably going to push you into a pole or make you lift so you wouldn't hit the pole.
0: Leland, you were also into water sports, particularly boat racing.
4: That was Ronnie that did the, well, he never drove a hydroplane either, but he drove for some people that had a hydroplane. I used to do circle boats for skiing. I rode on skis and I pulled them. But me and my roommate that I lived with for many years, we had three boats between the two of us, and we went to the lake at least five times a week. We used to live at the lake. I mean, we'd get off work, drive an hour and a half to the lake and ski till dark and then drive an hour and a half back home.
0: When did you finally get your first Super Modified?
4: Well, how that all come about, and that's where another tie-in with Billy and Ron and their family, is Billy bought a Super Modified, quit racing the motorcycles, and he bought a Super Modified. And he got me to help him as the crew chief. What everyone calls. We didn't have a title like a crew chief back then, but we're just somebody was willing to help them all the time. Well, anyway, I would go out and help Billy all the time. Well, when Billy got out of the modified and got into a sprint car, I bought the super modified from Billy, and that's how I started racing.
0: Then came the opportunity for your very first sprint car ride.
4: Yes, actually, I drove the modified for about a year, and I realized I couldn't afford myself, so I got hired on with a new super modified that somebody was building. And that was my first hired ride. That was for Greer Stump Plumbing in Phoenix. But anyway, then from there, I got a ride in a sprint car and dabbled around, you know, the first couple of cars were cars that really weren't competitive. And then I got a ride in the Twister in 72 and won my first race in that car.
0: I've never heard anybody put it quite that way. I couldn't really afford myself. Does that mean you broke a lot of equipment?
4: Well, I was a little more aggressive than a lot of people, but, you know... When you're young and just started a family, I didn't have any kids yet, but I had a wife. And, you know, you work day to day, and you put everything you can spare into your race car. Of course, back in them days, you got to understand, you didn't buy this stuff. You had to make it or go to a junkyard and get it, or you had to be able to build your own motors. You had to basically be able to weld your chassis. You had to pretty much do everything it took on the race car because you couldn't afford to hire somebody to do all that for you.
0: That very first sprint car ride actually helped you throughout your career because it was a quality ride, and you knew from then on what a good car should really feel like.
4: Yes, it was one of the better cars at Manzanita at the time. I actually had two good rides, but the Twister that I drove for Leo Ruggles that I won my first race in in 72, that was a deal that a midget guy that I drove for was sponsoring them, Arizona Hard Chrome Bud Trainer. And he was sponsoring them. And the owner of the Arizona Hard Chrome that I'd driven their midget for for about six or eight months talked Leo into putting me in the car one night at Manzanita. So that's how that came about. And we ran about three shows. And I won my first race. We went to Knoxville and missed the show. If I remember right, or we ran in the back, we didn't do very good anyway. Then we stayed and ran a day race back there. I'm trying to think of what track it was. But anyway, we ran second or won a race back there at that time. And then we came home, and they hired somebody else. That was the year that Jan Offerman drove the Twister and won at Manzanita for his first win. And I got hired to run another car. Jerry McClung was driving, and when he went back to USAC, he talked them into letting me drive their car. Well, I ran that car twice and ran real good in it. That quick time a couple times, broke the track record at Manzanita. Anyway, come Western World time, which was a big race like the Knoxville Nationals at that time, they didn't think I had enough experience for that kind of race. So they hired John Backlund from Back Your Way. And unfortunately, he tried to pass one of our local guys out here. On the outside, well, there wasn't room, this local guy ran real close to the fence all the time. And he thought there was enough room, but it closed up real quick. Anyway, they had a big crash, and he tore the car up, and that was the end of that deal.
0: You were comfortable on the cushion. There are not a lot of drivers that can say that and really mean it.
4: Well, one of the reasons I was so comfortable on the cushion is because when you run the half mile of Manzanita's, You have to run close to the wall. Back in the day when it didn't have very good lighting and it had just a, I don't know, a little concrete wall going around there, you had to run about a foot and a half off the wall if you was going to run up front. So you get used to doing that on a high-speed joint like Manzanita will. Then it doesn't bother you to run anywhere else.
0: Another amazing fact about your career, sprint car racing actually lowered your blood pressure and your doctor actually came to the track one night to prove it.
4: Yeah, well, I, you know, I uh, I can't remember what year it was. I'm going to say about 75, 76, 77. Right in that era, I uh, got a USAC license and I couldn't pass my physical. I'd had it for a couple years, but anyway, my low figure on my blood pressure got too high to pass my physical, so they had to put me on blood pressure medicine. So, anyway, long story short, I'm telling the doctor about this and I said, you know, I don't feel like my blood pressure is that high when I'm at the racetrack. I only feel that way in regular life. And he said, well. So anyway, Nadine, which is Ronnie and Billy's mom, came to the races every night. The doctor didn't actually come out here. She did. And she checked my blood pressure after the race when we just pulled in after the car. And it was lower than it ever is when I go to the doctor for checkups and stuff. So that's how we come up with the idea that I was more comfortable in a race car than I was in everyday life.
0: You are also one of the few drivers I know that prefer to start in the back of the field. You prefer charging to the front.
4: Well, I didn't like to start up front because I always felt like if I screwed up, I'd go backwards. Well, if you start in the back, especially in the early days, if you start in the back, as long as you're going forward, then everybody's happy. So it was just I preferred that just, I guess, for that reason. But anyway, yeah, I like coming from the back. That was the most fun in racing to me is how many people you could pass.
0: Many race fans forget race cars before they had power steering. You drove the first eight years of your career without power steering until 1978.
4: Yeah, yeah, in fact, 77, we were back east. Ran second to Wolfgang at the Knoxville Nationals, and we went to Eldor for, I'm trying to think what race it was at Eldor, but it was one of the big races at the end of the year, and somebody raced back there all the time come over and said, this car don't have power steering. I said, yeah. He said, you ain't going to last the night. I said, well, you come over after the race and we'll see. I said, you know, we ran 50 lapper, and I said, if you want another 50, I'm game.
0: Manzanita Speedway, 1951-2009. to Drivers and fans alike flocked to that track for some incredible racing. What did Manzanita mean to you?
4: Well, Manzanita to me was fun because I did well there. I liked the place. And before they put the big lights on it, I always felt like us guys from here had an advantage because... The lighting was very poor, and as fast as you're going at that place with not very good lighting and you have to run so close to the wall, it scared a lot of people. There's a lot of drivers that hated to race at Manzanita.
0: You talked about the Western world at Manzanita was literally the Knoxville Nationals of Arizona, and you won the Western world in 1978, 1993, and 1995. Is there one of those that stands out from the other two?
4: Well, I think the one that stood out the most was the one in 78 because I had just parted ways with Gary Stanton at the Knoxville Nationals. Not because of Gary. I won't go into that story. But anyway, so I had hunted around for a ride because, you know, that was right during the time that everybody's going into all the big races because they would run the Knoxville Nationals and then all the guys would come west and we'd run the Manzanita Western World. And then we would go to Ascot and run the Pacific Coast Open. And that was considered the big three of auto racing for sprint cars at that time. And at the start of it, all three were non-wing shows. And then eventually it migrated when Knoxville went to wings. Of course, then other people went to wings. And a couple of years after Knoxville, Manzanita went to wings. So it changed a lot. But, yeah, those were considered the big three. And there's two or three more races at Manzanita at the Western World. I should have won going away, but that was one of my over-adrenaline things.
0: You drove for Sam Bailey. You two made a great team.
4: Oh, I love driving Sam Bailey's car. Sam Bailey is so smart. Of course, he's one of the best motor builders in the country. And you never went to a racetrack in one of Bailey Brothers' cars. And you can ask Jimmy Sills. Leroy Von County. but you never went to a racetrack thinking you were going to get out horsepower. Sam's motors run with the best of them.
0: You mentioned another great track, Ascot. Drivers like Jimmy Oski loved it, and others not so much.
4: Well, what, the reason that others didn't like it so much is when you first started going to Ascot, they were running them skinny tires, A1 Diamonds, and there were about maybe six, seven inches wide, and it was hard to, to figure out how to run when you're used to running big diamonds. Of course, that time, the only place they were running drag tires was in Pennsylvania, and they were just starting to experiment with them. But anyway, so you'd go over there, and you'd have these little skinny tires. Well, like me, I couldn't qualify on them things. I mean, I'd miss the show qualifying. after have to run a semi almost every night, and that's part of the reason I figured out how to race from the back to the front pretty good. Because every night I went over there, I was in either clearing the back of the main or I was starting in the semi to get into the main. So you had to be able to pass cars. And then, of course, you're starting in the back of the main if that's the way you get through. So then you have to pass cars to get further forward. But after Bubby Jones and Rick Ferkel came to Ascot, I can't remember what year for the Pacific Coast Open, but they brought drag tires. And they damn near lapped, I think they lapped all the field did. And I think Bubby was like one or two cars shy of laughing the field also. And after that, when they switched to the drag tires at Ascot, it became a whole different ballgame. More and more people liked it after that.
0: Talk about your summer nationals win at Ascot.
4: I don't know. That was, to me, that was just, you know, I took one race at a time. It was never a big deal. I didn't worry about what race we're running or how many people were there or any of that kind of stuff. I just always tried to do what I do and and do it to my best of my ability and try not to crash.
0: Another track many feared, but you actually preferred, was Calistoga, a half-mile in California that opened up in 1938.
4: Yeah, long, straightaway, short corner, real bright lights in turn one and two, and no lights at all to speak of through three and four and going down the back straight it was like you're going down into the end of the funnel but yeah i always did good at that place i like that place won a lot of races there with sam and really enjoyed the surrounding the track is probably one of the most beautiful tracks in the united states as far as The way it's set in the trees and up up at the end of the Wine Country Valley and uh, the Hot Springs and all the other stuff in that area, it was just one of the most beautiful racetracks in the country.
0: One driver I wish I had the opportunity to meet was Gary Patterson. So many drivers have talked about Gary, and they had so much respect for him.
4: Gary was a, you know... I'm sure you've heard before, but Gary was a different kind of person. He was kind of like a Jack Hewitt, only a little less, uh, I don't know how you say it, he's more just an old hippie, could really drive a race car, didn't matter what race car he got in. You're going to have to race him every night you raced with him. But I was very fortunate to become good friends with him and his son, and I was very fortunate to race with him. Had really good races, went to the bar afterwards, and I always respected him and enjoyed him to the fullest.
0: Another career stat of yours that stands out to me is your love of running those huge USAC Silver Crown Champ cars on the mile dirt tracks.
4: Well, you know, I only won one, was leading the second one, and had a radius rod break off, and they had a yellow. And I pulled in, well, if I'd have gone, unfortunately to say, but if I'd have stayed out for one more lap under the yellow, somebody in the back of the field ran over a USAC official, and they red flagged the race. And if I'd have gone that extra lap, we could have fixed the car and probably won the race, but Ronnie Schumann ended up winning the race. But, uh, yeah, the Indy Mile, I always qualified good, raced good there. If we didn't break something, we ran up front.
0: You also raced midgets throughout your career and won the 1991 chili bowl with sammy swindell right on your heels throwing everything he had at you yeah
4: we won in 1991 sammy ran second and the following year sammy won it and i ran second so at that time we were kind of the class of the field and then i started going to australia in the winter time and Corey Krugman took over that car, and he won two more times in that car. One year I was the crew chief for Corey that he won, and then the other year I wasn't there.
0: You talked about racing for Gary Stanton. Ron Schumann actually stepped out of Gary Stanton's house car to go USAC racing, and you stepped in. Memories of some of those early races with Gary.
4: Well, the thing about Gary is, I actually drove for Gary before Ronnie did. When Gary and I split at the Knoxville Nationals in 78, Gary and Ronnie got together, and they won the Nationals in 79, I believe, if my memory's correct. But anyway, anyway, Ronnie drove for him until he left. Gary and him were running the outlaw circuit and finished fairly high up in the points. And the following year, Gary didn't want to be gone all the time like that. So actually, they parted ways, and Ronnie started driving for Old Fixico.
0: And that's another stat of yours that stands out to me, is that you didn't race full-time. You held down a steady job at Xeron Precision Products your entire racing career.
4: Yep. I was fortunate to have a boss that I started racing quite a bit, and I told him, hey, you might want to put me on part time status because I'm starting to race a lot and I'm going to be gone two or three months during the summer. He said, looked across the table at me, and he said, You worry about when you're here, I'll worry about when you're gone. And that was how my working relationship went till the day that I retired. And then he told me, He said, Now it's your turn to run the shop and I'm going to retire.
0: Memories of racing at the Knoxville Raceway.
4: Uh, Knoxville started out really good and had some good races there, but Knoxville seemed to, I always seemed to have something happen, something getting in the way where we didn't finish as good as we should have. The one I remember the most is sometime in the 80s, I went back and I ran for Bob Beaver with Beaver Drilling and Tools, and we were the high point guy on the qualifying night And we started the main event. This was before the main event. I was high point. And I started on the front row of the main event. And we went down into turn one, came down out of two, down the back straightaway, and about halfway down the back straightaway. It was pouring rain. And uh, all I could think about is I turned the car sideways, and I'm trying to keep it off the fence. And I'm seeing the whole field coming at me thinking, I'm going to hit the fence, and they're going to hit me.
0: How did you get the nickname Tempe Tornado?
4: Uh, If you look at the guys that ran at Manzanita, Wendy McNall, the announcer that was very famous all over, well-known announcer, but anyway, he hung nicknames on just about everybody that raced there.
0: I actually felt like you retired At the peak of your career in 1995, I did a lot of reading on racing and research. and To me, it was all of a sudden, where did Leland McSpadden go? But you really had it planned out all along. 25 years, and I'm done.
4: Well, there's kind of two sides to that story. I actually quit racing sprint cars to try to spend time drumming up sponsors because that's when the NASCAR truck series was starting. And a lot of the people that I knew on the West Coast that had gone to that were trying to get me involved and help me get a ride in, in a NASCAR truck at that time. It was either the first or the second year that they ran the trucks. But anyway, but my wife and I had always had a pack or agreement or whatever you want to call it that if I got out of the sprint cars, I could race as long as I wanted to in a sprint car. But when I finally got out and was away, then I couldn't go back. Because we'd had a bunch of friends that had retired or quit or whatever and got the bug, came back, ended up getting hurt or maimed or killed. And that was just agreement that her and I had from the beginning. So unfortunately after the truck deal kind of Flickered out, you know, you had a lot more money than I could raise. And so, you know, even though I wouldn't have minded got back in the sprint car, we had made a deal, and she had put up with me all them years going all over the country and dragging her and the kids around, and I just stuck to my side of the bargain. And that's one of the reasons I kind of just disappeared, because when I would go to the racetrack, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I just, you know, I just, I knew I could be out there. I knew I could still win. And it just ate me up. So I just quit going.
0: Another amazing accomplishment. You beat cancer in 2003.
4: Yeah, that was probably the biggest win of my life. You know, it's been uh, over 20 years, right out 20 years now. And good Lord willing, I'll get some more. But yeah, I i was very fortunate. I had stage four cancer. It didn't give me much chance of making it through. Here I am 20 years later. So just thank the Lord every day.
0: Most memorable win of your career?
4: Uh, you know, I don't, I can't really say. I'd say probably the Western world, the first year I won it just because that was my home track. That was a big, big race and really put me on the map to get rides with other people all over the country because the way I flew in and flew out and drove so many different cars, Uh, I needed to have cars all over the country that I trusted the mechanics, and they trusted me, and and they would offer me rides whenever I wasn't driving a local car. So that really helped my career a ton.
0: It's great to see you're back involved in a race in April every spring down there in Arizona now.
4: Well, that track is closed now, so I'm not involved in it. I try to help the promoters during the Western or whatever you want to call it down here, but I had a race under my name and I ran it five years and I was getting ready to to not run it anymore because of the time and and energy it took. Then uh, uh, Jonah announced the track would be closing. So it just worked out. I was ready to not do it anymore. And Jonah The uh, E.T. or whatever you want to call it, the racetrack out in the other end of town closed. So we lost another good racetrack.
0: Leland, you bring up a great point, and I try to thank these guys as often as I see them, the promoters out there. The amount of work that they do to put these events on for all of the fans and what goes on behind the scenes people have no idea the effort and the passion and the love that they put into this stuff so we can go to the races.
4: No, and it's unfortunate because so many people think these promoters are just knocking it dead, getting rich. I said, you know, it's like when Manzanita was getting ready, when Keith Hall was ready to sell Manzanita. I said, you guys might want to think about what you're wishing for. Oh, we get rid of him, this place will boom, our purses will go up. Everything else, well... And didn't all work out like they thought. And, you know, like I try to tell people, I said, if you had $2 million invested in a racetrack, what would you expect for a return each year? I said, you know, these people don't do it. I said, in fact, they could take that same money and make a lot more money doing something else. But their love for racing is why they put up and why they hang around like they do. But... They make decent money, but they should make decent money because it's a business. It's a lot of, you know, when you get a rain out, who pays for that? So the promoters, I always got along with promoters, always tried to see both sides of the fence and always tried to talk with them, tell them, well, you know, here's what we think or what kind of the consensus is in the pits. And, you know, what's your thought on what we should do? And sit down and talk to people. And, you know, work things toward the better instead of just complaining all the time.
0: Leland, many have said you are the last of the true outlaws. Give him 40% of the winnings and you will never see the car you own go so fast. (laughs) It, It has been a real honor to have you on the show today. And thank you so much for your time and all of your memories.
4: Well, thank you for having me on. And like I said, I got to put a plug in there for my buddy Doug Wolfgang. He was probably my best friend back there in the Midwest. Honorary old guy, but loved him every day.
0: Leland, thanks for being with us here on The Dirt Show today.
1: Thank you so much. Since 1997, Weir's Machine has been innovating the finest products in the racing industry. We also manufacture the Ultra Force Load machines and develop the Ultra Force suspension software, which allows you to take your program to the next level. Be sure to check out the all new Circle Track app, your ultimate go to spot for race team information. Keep track of your maintenance schedule, parts list, car setups, and more. Proudly made in the USA, champions across
5: the country choose Weir's Machine, UltraForce, and the Circle Track app to take them to victory lane. Shop now at wearsmachine.com,
1: ultraforcetech.com, and the all-new circletrackapp.com follow
2: us on all of our social media platforms
1: at Weir's Machine. Wolf and Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV, camper, or boat pad, rock, sand, or dirt hauled, call 455- 3524. Here's one of the most incredible lubricating products ever made, Justice Brothers JB80. It's twice as good at lubricating just about everything around the home, shop, and your car. JB80 has a penetrating action that goes straight to the problem areas and even the tightest places. Try JB-80, the incredible spray lubricant that's twice as good, and it's guaranteed to satisfy or your money back. See our display at runnings. Tell them Ed Justice Jr. sent you. At Aero Race Wheels, they put their customers first and appreciate the loyalty the racers have for the company. Aero Race Wheels is willing to work with anyone who has a question or problem. The only way to stay on top is to listen to the people putting us there. If you want to run with the winners, see aeroracingwheels.com or call 888-895-2376 today.
2: If you have a vehicle accident, go with a professional. Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision are the definition of professionals. For over 42 years, they have dedicated their lives to collision repair along with the training, knowledge, and skills that come with the job. Go with the pros. Midwest Collision in Faribault, 507 332 2434.
5: Midwest Collision. Repair. VP Racing Fuels is proud to be recognized as a world leader in race fuel technology. VP's fuels have a well-deserved reputation for power and consistency, winning championships in every form of motorsports for more than 40 years. Whether sportsman or pro, methanol or gasoline, VP has a fuel to ensure optimum performance for your application. See the full line of VP's high-performance products online at vpracingfuels.com. At VP Racing Fuels, our passion is your
0: performance. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and it is always a pleasure to be joined by Steve Cole from Cole's Electric, and Steve, fall means harvest season. And Cole's Electric are this region's leader in ag electrical services. One thing that we have never talked about is upgrading barn lighting. The photo I saw on your website provides not only tremendous lighting, but it can also save that farmer money.
3: Yeah, the uh, upgrade for just to go to LED now is uh, the energy that you save right off the bat with motion sensors, everything. It's a a big deal now.
0: And yeah, I've seen those buildings where you literally walk in the door and the lights turn on for you so you're not wasting any energy.
3: Right. And if if you're not in the back corner, you got a piece of equipment sitting back there, you're not uh, putting any lighting back there where you don't need it. It's only just where you're at lighting
0: at your bend site this provides both safety and security and will also save money over those old style pole lights
3: yeah lighting around the bends i mean everybody's going non-stop seems like 24 hours a day nowadays it's not just you got to go and do chores and that's it but uh, everybody's just going so a little bit of light you know everybody's kind of droggy a little bit of safety and kind of get some motivated again to go right back out another round
0: I knew we were going to be meeting and I started thinking about those old gym lights that when you flick the switch they would glow and then when they finally would start coming on it would take forever to warm up they would hum and make all kinds of noises. The new lighting is virtually instantaneous so much more effective and the new lighting will actually pay for itself.
3: Yeah, the new lights, the LED, it's all instant on. You can dim it down if you don't like it. You can change the color if you don't like the color. You can, you know, different Kelvin colors. That's uh, so much more advanced than the old style. You get what you get. And they last, you know, 50,000 hours plus compared to, you know, twenty thirty thousand. 30,000. You had to replace the bulbs and ballast and everything else. So this is so much more efficient and cheaper in the long run.
0: I'm sure you've already installed electric vehicle charging stations at people's residential homes what does this involve for somebody looking at an electrical vehicle
3: well uh, yeah first uh, we look at you know where is it at where's the proximity to the service what size service you have because we can definitely kind of forewarn you before you get you know some people want two of them right away well your service might be an issue and we want to look at that first before you spend all that money on chargers and you can't run your panels too small and you got to upgrade that it gets pretty expensive so Yeah, if you need us, you're thinking about it. Need us to come out and take a look? We'll definitely help you with your process.
0: So maybe don't buy first. Check into what you're going to need at your home because it might be sticker shock.
3: Right, it it happens that people buy it and want to stock it up and like, ooh, you got some issues here because everything's got to be inspected and looked at. So it's just it's all got to be done right. We don't want anything to happen out there. If
0: you need power run underground to an outbuilding now is the time to do it before the ground freezes up you are able to run cable under existing driveways or structures
3: yeah we have a couple directional boring machines and we can get in there and bore underneath you won't even know we're there just a few paint lines on the ground a few holes we do have to dig now's a good time we'll dig them up disturb it and come back in the spring it'll all be kind of settled in and you won't have to fight it all summer it'll be ready to go for you right away in the spring Coals
0: also has the crews to tackle those large industrial and commercial jobs. Installation of generators is one of the specialized jobs that you actually tackle.
3: Yeah, we can do generators, windmills, solar. We hook up at all uh, industrial, commercial, whatever people need. We got twenty-four hour service. We got you know at least one guy, if not two on call 24-7 now. That's been a huge hit just to have people call you in 2 in the morning. They're not just calling you to see how you're doing. They they want some help. So we run out and help you at any time of the day, weekend, holiday, it doesn't matter. And
0: Steve, you were actually out on an emergency call last night, but you ended up catching the end of the Monday night football game.
3: Yeah, I did. Sounds like it was the best 15 minutes of the game. But uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it is what it is. I ran some parts out for the guys and They got uh, them back up and running, and it was a success story again.
0: The nice thing about Kohl's Electric, from a residential light switch to wiring an entire new factory, you have the crews and capabilities to do it all.
3: Yeah, just we'll do whatever uh, you need if it's a switch or change out a switch gear. We'll be there to help you out, get some pricing put together and timeline and do whatever you need. Parking lot lights, it doesn't matter, whatever you need.
0: Steve, how can they find out more about Cole's Electric or if they have a question about something we talked about, get a hold of you directly?
3: Uh, best is just call the shop. It's 507-451-1387. One of the gals will answer you and dispatch your call through to whoever, whatever area you're in to the right guy, and we'll get you on the schedule and take a look at it and go from there.
0: Steve, thanks for all you do in our area, and thank you for being
3: with us here on The Dirt Show today. Yeah, thanks, Klein Keep up the good work. I appreciate it.
0: Fast shafts
2: drive shafts are used by Jake Tim, Tom Barry Jr., Derek Ramirez, Kyle Strickler, Jonathan Davenport, Derek Green, Dalen Murdy, and more. And they currently build drive shafts for ninety percent of the major chassis builders. Fast shafts is also a longtime title sponsor of the IMCA Fast Shafts All Star Invitational at the IMCA Super Nationals and support a number of competitive series nationwide. Buy directly from Fast Shafts or from their network of dealers shipping daily across the country or worldwide see fastshafts.com
5: we can all think back to the first time we experienced real horsepower hi this is Corey at Byers engine service whether it's that pin you in the seat feeling of a big block chevy aurora of a healthy 340 or the joy of a perfectly tuned flathead here at Byers engine service we service them all strip to street dirt track to asphalt or just cruising the strip Stop by and check us out at 2915 20th Street Southeast in Rochester or call 507
2: 282 5586. Extreme! Extreme. Race fans, mark your calendars from May 1st through October 1st this summer as
0: the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum presents our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside our museum. You'll see 10 of the iconic race cars that made Williams Grove Speedway the East Coast's place to race since 1939. Sprint cars driven by Jan Opperman, Doug Wolfgang, Smokey Snellbaker, Van May, and many more. Plus, you'll enjoy the Williams Grove Speedway highlights videos that go along with these race cars and the days they raced. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway exhibit at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum starting May 1st in Knoxville. And don't forget, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open year-round, seven days a week, in Knoxville.
5: Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal, trash pickup services, and roll-off dumpsters at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel counties. Contact Shevland Enterprises today and new customers will get six months for the price of four. If you prepay, call 528-9900. That's 528-9900.
0: Welcome back to our sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show. And I am joined by John Clark, Large Account Regional Manager for Rhino Ag. And John, you are currently at the Farm and Science Review in Ohio. And that is where Rhino Ag really shines. Showcasing your equipment and letting potential customers see it up close and personal.
5: It sure is, Clayne. We've spent many days at farm shows this year with Rhino Ag throughout the nation, Decatur, Illinois, Ohio. We go down to Georgia, Biloxi, Mississippi, out in the Carolinas, Iowa. We're all over.
0: John, it's hard to believe that Rhino Ag is approaching 75 years in business producing American-made products that get the job done. That is really something to be proud of.
5: It sure is. You know, I'm at this farm show, and this morning I had a customer inquiring about a rhino rear dirt blade, and it's a blade he wanted to use grading gravel roads in the central Ohio area, and I was proud to tell him that we weld this up, and it's produced right in Gibson City, Illinois, American-made by American craftsmen and women, and we're so proud to say that.
0: John, it's funny you bring that subject up because we just cut across country going over to Rochester last weekend, and at the end of a bunch of field driveways, I saw that pile of gravel, and I knew exactly what they were doing.
5: Yep, and Rhino has built this blade for nearly those 75 years that we've been in existence. So this is a long-standing product for Rhino. Just so glad to display that at farm shows around the nation and at driveways around the nation.
0: And I'm sure you're seeing the same thing around the country with all the dry weather. Farmers here in Minnesota are hitting the fields. When they are done, those last-minute fall projects that need to get completed need to get done and they need to get done fast. Rhino mowers, post hole augers, landscape rakes and pulverizers are built to get those exact jobs done.
5: They sure are, Clayne, you know, and we have seen that same weather condition throughout the Midwest. The dry weather pattern has increased the need to be very expedient in getting things done. I think it was a, a somewhat of a surprise to many producers this year that they're in the field so quickly this year. So we want to make sure that the products that they use in the field are ready to go when they need it.
0: Looking at Rhino Ag equipment up close and personal, the welds, the quality of the steel, the fit and finish, these products are built to last a lifetime.
5: Yes, indeed. Not to focus on that rear blade, but I'd like to. I was able to point out the weld and the craftsmanship on this particular blade. There's a weld that is around eight feet long on the back of the moldboard of this blade, and we've got a uh, actual human being doing that welding, and it's just a beautiful weld. Much better than I can do, Clayton, I'll tell you that, because the professionals we have out in our plant that are welding our Rhino Flex Wings, which is our Rhino Field Mowers, and that are welding these rear blades, they're top-notch in the industry.
0: I know what you mean about welding. Mine don't look too good unless you grind on them for a long time.
5: <laughs> that's right. You and I are in that same category. And Clayton, that's why you and I are behind the microphones and we've got folks like this doing the welding for us while we can just talk about it.
0: Absolutely. If something does break, you have an online parts store that will ship right to your door.
5: We do. We have online parts stores, and we also have nearly 1,200 Rhino dealers throughout the nation. So combined, those two deals allow our customers to have parts and parts manuals and information at their fingertips.
0: Here in Owatonna, we have a Rhino Ag dealer about three blocks from where I'm sitting right now. So I know you do have a large dealer network across the U.S. and I think people would be shocked if they go on your dealer locator how close and convenient a rhino dealer is.
2: I believe
5: so too. It seems as though every time I'm at a farm show and I get the chance to go on our locator and locate a dealer for a visitor to the farm show, we're within 30 miles of nearly everybody it seems throughout the nation.
0: You also sell to cities? counties, and states and their maintenance departments.
5: That's correct. Our municipality stretch is very large. We started in Texas 75 years ago and plus selling to municipalities and large accounts and roadside managers, and we've expanded that throughout the nation. We just got done quoting a ditch bank mower to a municipality here in Ohio, and so that legacy continues.
0: Ag equipment, hay equipment, landscaping and construction equipment, mowers and cutters and even golf and turf equipment. Check out Rhino Ag first when it comes to buying your next piece of equipment. What is the best way to do that?
5: Plain I would suggest anybody check our website at rhinoag.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Rhino Ag. You can check us out on Instagram and all the social media platforms. Or you can call in at Gibson City at 800-221-2855 and talk to a real person right in Illinois.
0: John, have a blast out there at the Ohio Ag Show and get over to Eldora if you have a chance
5: i tell you what, Eldora is the uh, crown jewel when we're talking dirt track racing, and you know that well, Clayne, and we really enjoy being a part of that with our sister company, Dixie Chopper.
0: John, as always, thank you for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Thanks, Clay. Partnering
5: with hog and cattle producers throughout the United States, Altenburg Construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business. Altenburg Construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd. Whether you need an entire site or a single slat, stop into one of their two locations in Louisville, Minnesota or Zering, Iowa. Call 888-435-2210 or see Altenburg Construction.com. Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd
1: with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior
5: flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day
2: and year round. We are a locally owned family business ready to serve Southern Minnesota. Visit us on Facebook or call us for a free estimate. 837-9773. Let Bulldog protect your floors. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. Racer owner Ben Bainey and racer Travis Underdahl service the entire cow's listening area. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today at 256-7766. That's 256-7766.
0: Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you
2: by Cookie Sauces, and Seasons.
0: Fairmont Raceway held their last race of the season, the Bacon Town Showdown, on Thursday night, September 14th, in the Tuners, Alan Lar; in the Hobby Stock A-Main, Landon Crone, in the B-Mods, Ben Maudry; in the Modifieds, Brandon Davis, and in the Stock Cars, Luke Satoff. Chateau Speedway was racing last Friday night, September 15th, in the B-Mods, Jaden Larson, in the Hornets, Mike Chatterton, in the Stock Cars, Daniel Eckblad in the Modifieds, Kylie Kath, in the Midwest Modifieds, Josh Malik, and in the Hobby Stocks, Jack Moss. I-94 Speedway kicked off the Wissota 100 last Wednesday night, September 13th, in the Late Models, Pat Doerr. In the Street Stocks, Andrew Hansen. In the Midwest Modifieds, Matt Scow. In the Super Stocks, Dexton Cook. And in the Modifieds, Dan Ebert. Thursday night, September 14th, night two of the Wissota 100. In the Street Stocks, Justin Vogel. In the Midwest Modifieds, Brendan Way. In the Late Models, Tyler Peterson. In the Super Stocks, Dexton Cook. And in the Modifieds, Kevin Adams. Night three of the Wissota 100 on Friday night, September 15th. In the Street Stocks, Jim Gullickson in the Midwest Modifieds, Blake Adams in the wisota Late Models, Cody Overton in the Super Stocks, Trevor Nelson, and in the Modifieds, Don Ishans. And finale night for the wisota 100, Saturday night, September 16th, in the Street Stocks, Eric Riley in the Midwest Modifieds, Brendan Way in the wisota Late Models, Tyler Peterson in the Super Stocks, Dylan Nelson, and in the Modifieds, Tyler Peterson. Last Friday night, September 15th, Mississippi Thunder Speedway hosted the prelude to the Stock Car Nationals in the Hobby Stock A-Main, Dylan Clinton in the USRA B-Mods, Chris Jackson, and in the Stock Car A-Main, Braden Gear. Worthington Speedway hosted their final race of the season, the Turkey Town Showdown in the Bombers, Robert Thompson in the Hobby Stocks, Blake Lunenberg in the Modifieds, Joshua Rogotsky in the Sport Mods, Colby Fett in the Sport Compacts, Upside Down. Bubba Brown and in the stock cars Levi Feltman. Arlington Raceway was also racing last Saturday night, September 16th in the Hobby Stock A-Main. Corey Probst in a Sport Compacts. Gary Schumacher in the Outlaw Hobby Division. Dakota Robinson in the Sport Mods. Brody Enter in the Race Saver Sprint Car A-Main. Bill Johnson in the Stock Cars Matthew Loaf and in the Modifieds Brandon Beckendorf. Deer Creek Speedway hosted the Stock Car Nationals Saturday night, September 16th in the 40-lap stock car A-Main, Dylan Thornton, and in the 25-lap hobby stock A-Main, Dylan Nelson. Knoxville Raceway hosted the Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals last Thursday through Saturday. Ricky Thornton completed a dream weekend at Knoxville Raceway Saturday night by completing a clean sweep. Of all three nights of the Lucas Oil late model nationals, ricky's worth was fifty grand and brought the weekend total to sixty four thousand dollars. It's only the second time in history at the late model nationals. It was done back in two thousand ten by Billy Moyer. We were at Mason City Motor Speedway on Sunday night, September seventeenth. In the USRA Stock Car A-Main, Lucas Schott. In the USRA B-Mods, Joe Chisholm. And in the Hobby Stock A-Main, Dustin Gulbranson. Rhino Egg offers the
2: most complete rear blade line in the industry. Whether your tractor has 30 or 300 horsepower, Rhino offers a blade to accomplish any task. Don't settle for the cheap imitations. Buy Rhino. Building the best since 1934. Check out the full line of landscape and construction equipment today at rhinoag.com.
3: Hi, this is Steve from Poles you have electrical projects in your future, Kohl's Electric can help. Kohl's Electric offers industrial, commercial, farm, and residential electrical services in Minnesota and Northern Iowa. We have 24-hour emergency service, design build, automation, underground boring, solar installation, and much more. Kohl's Electric has a great staff and can assist you with your electrical needs. Look us up at Kohl'sElectric.com or call us at 507-451-1387 507-451-1387 for
5: 50 years reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us Miskin Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Mizgin.com. Miskin Mizgen Auto Parts. In God we
1: trust. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.